three, two, one. Welcome to Mad Gaines Live. I'm your host, Cassandra Gaines. We are here in beautiful Orlando at the Rela event and at One Rails location. They have a new corporate office and we've decided to throw a party here and have a little podcast. So I'm very excited to have everybody here. We've got a great group of people here. We have lots of One Rail folks, lots of food. And the most amazing, <laughs> the most amazing old fashioned. Y'all know that I have lived in, for, when I worked for Schneider, I lived in Green Bay for two years and they taught me about old fashions. And this, I'm sorry, Green Bay people, this old fashioned is much, much better. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of people who are going to hate me for yep. this. But it's so good. And it's with bourbon as well. Sorry. So, we are having a wonderful event here at One Rail. We have lots of people. I see the Lean Solution Group people here. I see Circle Logistics. I see lots of different folks here. It's very exciting. Um, we are going to introduce you to one of the founders of One Rail, and we're going to introduce you to a couple other folks to talk about what's going on in the last mile area. So first, everybody's like, last mile, Cassandra, but it's one rail. So first, we're going to swivel on over to Bill. I like our fancy setup and my swivel chairs. <laughs> so Bill, does everyone ask you, um, are you saving the rail industry? Because it's pretty shitty. And we need help. Yeah, you know, we, we thought about maybe having a rail go to every house in America to really Smart. fix this last mile problem once and for all. But no, you know, the name came from a combination of two words, one and rail. And the value proposition was all about one pain of glass to see your deliveries because it's highly fragmented, one single source of truth and data, one rate card, just one, one, one. Everything started with one when I was writing the value proposition. And then I came from fintech. And in the fintech world, when you swipe a credit card, there's about eight transactions that happen between different companies in two or 300 milliseconds. And there's fraud detection and there's event-driven notifications. And when I started thinking about how efficient that is and how inefficient last mile was, I wanted to strive to build something like a payment system. And in the payment world, they call those the rails. So the oh. Visa, the MasterCard, the Discover rails go in and out of a store to carry the financial uh, transaction payload. And that's really what we do for last mile. We're helping all kinds of different companies sort of shake hands in real time with our Oh, API. that's clever. Automated messaging, all the data security around it, just like financial. Oh my God, that's so clever. So for you, for this name, the rail piece made sense for you. But everybody yeah. else, we're like, oh, we're ready for a change in the rail industry. But we're also ready for a change in the final mile industry because that has been um, a beast, especially over the last three years. Uh, but also I want to pause to mention something about Bill. Bill and I are BFFs because he went to Cornell as well. And y'all know how my, my lean people are laughing at me. Y'all know how much I love Cornell. Um, and that's what we bonded over. So he's very smart. You guys have to listen to everything he says. Um, one thing I'm really proud of is one of our investors is Trip Hammer Ventures. No way. Alumni Ventures. Group. Oh, my so gosh. We have the Cornell kind of alumni. Oh, in, in that's so deal, cool. really gets me excited. Man, I didn't know anybody actually got money from them. I thought it was like, I know. <laughs> holy crap. I thought it would be so hard. That's amazing. We have to talk about that later for sure. Yeah. So what was the value proposition when you pitched to them? Well, they, they invest in Cornell alumni. That's you know, that's amazing. really their, their mission and they love the space. You know, I think they had an appetite for getting involved in the space. In fact, that I kind of checked that box, you know, yeah. having, having, uh, gone to Cornell, helped. And yeah, I mean, they, they, they operate just like any other venture fund. They're looking at all the same types of metrics 
And, and uh, for them, it's really all about the alumni support. Um, so for those of you who want to hear more about this, we are going to do a interview and we'll stream it in a week for between, uh, uh, and between Bill and I, we're going to talk a little bit more about one rail and the history and what it means, but we're going to swivel on over to Ron, the genius who came up with this brilliant idea. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you again and yeah. you're happy and you're in this great role, but did you truth, you're going to have to tell me the truth. Did you know what one rail was? <laughs> it was brought to you when this idea was brought to you. Uh, I did a little research and I found out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really exciting opportunity uh, for the company and for the market. And by the way, I'm a Michigan State grad, so I'm not sure if I'm worthy here, but I'm going to try to participate. Uh, you know, it, it's really interesting. I've been in this industry quite some time and uh, COVID hits, right? N no one knows what's going to happen in the world. And you look at COVID and it puts so much emphasis on last mile delivery. How do I get products, right? In a, in a disrupted world and stores aren't open. How do I get product to my home? How do, how do businesses navigate that? And it created such an opportunity for technology emphasis and last mile delivery. And OneRail is right at the front of that. It's a, it's a phenomenal opportunity. So I'm really excited to be here. We joke about um, the name, which was actually very catchy. And now I find myself saying it all the time. And I joke about like, did you know about OneRail? But um, wow, things are going very fast. I'm now seeing your name everywhere and hearing OneRail everywhere. So what's, what's, what's everybody, what's, what is everybody so excited about? Yeah, I think it's a couple things. Companies are looking at this saying, how do we get products to our customers as quickly and as accurately as possible? And OneRail is delivering a technology first platform to allow companies to do that. In the past, it's been a lot of, hey, we're going to hire different couriers and use parcel and an LTL yep. with, with really not a lot of smarts behind that. Yep. And what OneRail brings to the table is we apply the smarts to help companies make smart decisions to get the products there, but we also execute on that, right? And, and that's the big difference. It's that marriage of technology, making the right decision, but also the execution, like actually getting the product there. That's where we ex excel and we, we really feel like we're a category of one solution. And I did see a lot of those people right over in the other room. They were working hard on computers. <laughs> there was yeah. like 80 of them over there and he's like, they are executing. He's not messing around with the execution piece. It was pretty amazing to see. Yeah. Um, so, Moid. Hi. Do you know Stephanie? I do. I Schmitz. know her too. Okay, all right. Okay. We... And so she's feeding me some questions. Oh, no. This is not good. <laughs> I love her. Oh, and boy. she's also a New Yorker like me. Stephanie so has a lot of dirt on me, so this could go south I will very tell quickly. You, she was very careful. Okay, good. Even though I didn't want her to be. And I told one of my best friends, I was like, get her drunk immediately and then tell him <laughs> and text me and she tried but it didn't work out too well okay good so she said i don't know if you guys know this about him um that you were on top chef I with was, your daughter i was on top chef yes could you please tell us about that we need to know yeah. right? uh okay well <laughs> i'll send you the picture is, there's like uh, and i'll show yeah. i'll show it on the podcast too it's okay really cool so uh, my daughter's 16 she um i grew up um you know i come from a south asian family where food is like the world revolves around food. You know, you like wake up, you're like, what's for breakfast? You're not even done with dishes. It's like, what's for lunch? And then like, you're not done with lunch where it's like, what's for dinner, right? Uh, and I have six, six uh, sisters. Uh, none of them took on cooking, but I did. Interesting. It's just kind of weird. 
Uh, but it's okay because I really enjoy it. So I learned a ton of recipes from my mom and my grandma and my aunt who live next door to us. Uh, and so I, you know, I cook a lot. And my daughter, when she was like growing up, she's like kind of picking up on that. And like usually I'd be like, go get the flour from the pantry and like go get the onions from the thing. And then I distinctly remember because she was like seven. And she's like, yeah, I'm done just getting stuff from the pantry. Like, I want to cook, cook. Um, and I was like, okay. So that's the first time I learned how or taught her how to, you know, chop an onion and like use things like that. And then she, in her free time, instead of watching, you know, I don't know what kids watch, but she would watch just recipes on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. And then, um, you know, we'd always have like the Food Network on whenever you're doing something, Food Network would be on. And Food Network would run like episodes of Chopped like nonstop all day. And then she'd be like, that's wrong. He should probably be doing this. And then she's like, I should be on this show. And I was like, okay, fine. So she's 12, by the way, at this time. So she applied. So I, this is my other memory. I'm like driving back from work. This is pre-COVID. I get a call. It's like a 212 number. And a couple of my sisters live in New York. So I thought maybe they were calling. I answer the phone in my car. And it's like, hey, it's Sarah from the Food Network. Do you have a second? Oh, my gosh. I was gosh. like, can I help you? And they're like, hey, your daughter applied. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, she did? And they're like, yeah, we want to talk to her. <laughs> anyway, so she got on Chopped by herself. She, she did great. She finished runner-up. They filmed that in New York City. Uh, we had a great time. And then, uh, you know, those producers knew the Top Chef producers. So they're like, hey, like, you were great on TV. Like, you should also get on Top Chef. So she finally applied. Long story short, COVID happened. So they were like, we're not letting kids, you know, do competition by themselves. They have to have an adult. So we changed the format. So it's you have to bring a family member. So it's like Top Chef family style. And so you could bring your older brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandparent, et cetera, et cetera. So she's like, very sweetly, she's like, dad, will you be my partner on Top Chef? And I was oh like, oh my gosh. That's cool. I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Uh, <laughs> And so we we flew out. This is like in the middle of like the hardcore COVID, right? So we flew uh, down to LA uh, in the in the studios where they film, um, and we spent about six weeks filming uh, season one of Top Chef, Family Style, which ended up winning an Emmy, which is kind of so you can see. I, I didn't win an Emmy, but like the show did, which is kind of cool. Um, and we learned a ton. Uh, Megan Trainer was our host. She's a riot. Uh, Marcus Samuelson, if you know him, he's like a chef on tv all the time he was the host and you know you'd have to watch this season to find out how we did um but we had a lot of fun That's and we bonded quite a bit isn't yeah. that amazing yeah i was texting around trying to creep on him to get good dirt and i find out he's on top chef with his daughters like amazing yeah i can't believe it so what did, what did you cook Oh, good question. Oh, we cooked a lot of stuff that i'll tell you that um this is ruining the show but the challenge that got us voted off was you had to cook something, uh, but then every dish got microwaved, and then they had to de-microwave it, and then the judges uh, had to try it, and that just uh, killed us because I couldn't even tell you how to use our microwave because we just like you don't, you, we you don't, don't use, use it. it. So I was like, I don't know what to cook for this challenge, and anyway, so that's amazing. Yeah, but if you want to get uh, watch me get, get yelled at by a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great show to watch definitely all watch or, or boss me around is more like it she's like dad you gotta get on this rice or this is not gonna end <laughs> you're like kid I taught you yeah, how I was to like, this yeah, I was like what's Back happening here up. isn't that life in general with teenagers I mean oh, this is true. also true that's very yeah, that's true that's a great point oh my goodness yeah. um, so you are our resident shipper for the for this podcast oh okay and great so tell us more about your 
company. Yeah. And also um, how how you how you know the One Rail folks. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm with uh, American Tire Distributors. We um, provide wholesale tires, wheels, parts, etc. to everybody that has issues with a car. So if you go in and you're looking for tires at your uh, dealer or if you go to uh, a big brand store to get tires. I won't name our partners, but you know there's many of them. We have 80,000 unique locations that we provide tires and wheels to. So you've probably gotten a tire that's moved through our network. Uh, and you know we realized, you know, um, as as is mentioned, you know, through COVID and others, you know, the expectation of just getting stuff faster is becoming the norm. And I mean, I get pissed when I can't get a burrito from Chipotle in you know 25 minutes. Um, but you know, the tire industry is like you order the day before and then you know, it'll show up the next day. But as that demand is becoming more kind of immediate as well, you know, OneRail is a great partner uh, for a service called ATD Express, uh, where you can get those tires in 90 minutes. You know, it's a game changer for the industry as well. We're also uh, partners. We're invested in uh, OneRail because we really believe in the platform and kind of the growth uh, that will come from there. Uh, and then we're working on some cool uh, collaborations and partnerships that, uh, you know, will grow both of our companies together as well. Love it. And we, we will have another podcast learning more about Moid because there's more about him. He's an onion. And we're going to peel back <laughs> the layers for sure. And, um, and we'll learn more about his business as well. Um, so now we're on to one of my favorite people, Bart. So uh, Bart, I did not, just so you know, I behaved. I didn't do any creeping on you. I did not text Jet, even though he wouldn't tell me anything. You wouldn't find anything anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No Cornell, no cooking shows. (laughs) Just a country boy from Belgium. You know, what are you going to (laughs) find? People go, where's Belgium? (laughs) Wait, where where is Belgium? Uh, Somewhere in Europe. Okay, that's good Uh, enough for me. So wait, now you have to tell us some dirt. Like if I was going to text your wife, or does anybody in here have oh, dirt on him? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's already looking for the dirt. Ah. So you better give it to us. Something good about you that people don't know. Ooh. All right. So uh, if you would uh, call my wife, she'd probably say a couple of different things, right? But one <laughs> of the things I'm known for, like I love, I'm, I've got a passion for music, right? So my my one passion is logistics. My other passion is I share with you cooking. Yeah. Love cooking. Uh, you, you know tell I'm by asking just for looking dirt. at me. Bart, so I'm asking you're for You're looking dirt. for like he plays air well, guitar. Well, dirt. Yeah, yeah. 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 air guitar is good. Like but if you're about to go into well, something really professional, well, my I'm wife stop will say, there. well, he's a, he's a Eric Clapton stalker, right? Because I've went to see my concert so many times yeah. so i will uh leave my family randomly to go to concerts all over the world because <laughs> that's my passion <laughs> and my excuse like, is because you know I, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit older right so some of my heroes i'm going to be 54 this year it's not a not a state secret and some of my heroes the guys are 75 80 85 years old so you go like this might be the last time i ever get to see him and actually the guy where I met my wife was at the original House of Blues in uh, Harvard Square and on Chicago, original House of Blues in Harvard Square in Cambridge outside of Boston. We saw a guy called Hubert Sumlin. Meantime, long gone, right? He's one of those guitar greats and the blues greats. And it's sometimes you have one chance to see a guy that you're passionate about that you've known for many years. You better go do it. Sometimes I hesitate, though, to go to, to concerts of groups when I was growing up <laughs> like I, <laughs> I went to a 311 concert <laughs> recently <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh because well first of all it was in the 
What's a really pretty stadium in Denver and Colorado? It's Red like, Rocks? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just <laughs> just puffs of smoke just everywhere. <laughs> and But 311, they did a good job, but it was the first time I realized like, oh, shit, I'm getting old <laughs> because they're really yeah. old. And it was kind of sad. And it wasn't as good as when I was younger, so I hesitate. So how's Eric live? Is he worth when you abandon oh, yeah. your family, it's oh, yeah. goosebumps still. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, um, goosebumps still for me. Good. He, he's one of those guys. He's the the real de- deal. And if you like guitar music, yeah, I I, uh, I grew up listening to people like Albert King and you know Freddie King, and then later yet people that were influenced by that, like Eric Clapton, afterwards Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it's like any music that gives you goosebumps is mm-hmm. good music. And yes. it, it doesn't matter what it is, but to me, it's some of those blues musicians. Yes. I will tell you that my artist that no one knows ever about me or knows in general is Mark Anthony. I love, love, oh, yeah. shut up. <laughs> Harrison <laughs> Strober is going to be the end of you when I'm done with this podcast. I, I love Mark Anthony. Love him. And I will drop anything to go see him. Um, But Mm -hmm. I have no one in my life who likes him as well, so I'm always on my own. (laughs) I'm the only one. After divorce, I I went with J-Lo. I'm sorry. (laughs) I had to drop Mark. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. So talk to me about when I think about P44, I'm always thinking, because this is my world, um, about full truckload visibility. You know, my company, Carrier Sure, Mm -hmm. has a partnership with P44. We integrate with their data, and it's wonderful data. We shows the the ability to uh, for the carriers to be compliant with their um, with their uh, visibility and opting in. But I forget there's a whole nother world. So talk to me about P44 and One Rail and Final Mile and. Sure. How does that all play? Yeah, out? and obviously it evolved, right? I mean, mm-hmm. B44 was started in 2014. Back then it was LTL where it started, right? That was the world where uh, Jet Mechanalyst came from. Yeah. Uh, we evolved into full truckload, and then we saw the world changing, and people needed ocean visibility and needed last mile visibility, which was at the time just parcel. Um, pretty much evolved into a unified platform for all modes on a global scale. But the other part is while we were working on getting that whole platform in place, we understood that transportation is a big area, right? And so on the one hand, it's like it's big enough space for us to focus on. But the, on the other side, we're just the guys that connect the, the different players. We provide the data. But there's all these other great companies that provide a lot of other capabilities and applications. So for us, the ecosystem of technology partners and other partners like consulting partners, data partners, is very important. And so OneRail uh, is, a, is a great partner for us. And, you know, when I was still at Gardner, I think, Bill, you and I probably met somewhere about four years ago, right? And I don't know what it was. And I think in the beginning, I think one of the first questions you asked me was like, Bart, what are we? Are we like a TMS or what are we? And I go like, well, let me help you in, in phrase that. But I knew like talking to Bill and although he didn't come from the logistics industry and I'm like kind of an old logistics guy going back 30 years, it's like he's really focusing on the right things mm-hmm. and, and doing things that no one else is doing. And I go like, this is like a really cool company. So now we get to work together. We get to do fun things like this. I think last year we probably were on five different panels together and many great meals together. And, and what's interesting about this industry isn't just about, I think, a lot of what we're doing to, to, to 
make progress all together. I think that's the evidence you see here of different technology vendors and shippers, et cetera, being together to work around things and discuss them. Uh, but I think the other part is, you know, logistics is a really cool area and has some really cool people. And, you know, like I said, I've been in logistics for a long time. I got into it kind of by accident, but once I got into it, I, I was bitten by the bug and <laughs> I love logistics. I love technology. And I love people. When you tell me I'm in logistics, I'm like, you already got like, you know, heads up from my perspective. Because it's one of those things, unfortunately, like 30, 20, even 10 years ago, people didn't care about yep. too much. Yep. And now when you tell people you're in logistics, go like, that's the coolest thing. Oh, you're doing that stuff? They're, people are more aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's so much more that we can do. So it's great to, to have people around the table having that discussion. But again... It's all about ecosystem, building an ecosystem where we truly can sit around the table as partners and saying, how do we make these things better? I'm going to wrap that up for Mad Gains Live. We're going to have additional podcasts uh, spread out throughout the weeks where we learn more about the final mile area, the visibility portion of it, the shipper portion of it, and the different parts of uh, OneRail. But thank you guys for joining us and thank you for inviting us to this amazing office and this amazing event. Great thank job. You.